0: This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 521. Five Common Small Business Mistakes We Made Early On With Our Online Store, part one, by Steve Chu of mywifequitherjob.com. And I am your narrator, my name is Dan, and happy Saturday to you. If you're listening in real time, hope you're having a great weekend. This is where I read to you every single day, including, obviously, weekends and holidays uh, from some of the very best blogs we can find on entrepreneurship. Today, I've got a little bit of a longer post for you. So what we do is uh, read the first half today, and then I'll finish up the rest for you tomorrow. So for now, let's get right to part one of this post from Steve Chu and start optimizing your life. Five common small business mistakes we made early on with our online store, part one, by Steve Chu of MyWifeQuitHerJob.com. It's really tough to go against your own nature, and I full on admit it. When it comes to running a small business, I'm pretty frugal and picky about the way things are run and where money is spent. For example, you will often see me agonizing for days over a business purchase before pulling the trigger. The agony is even worse if it's a recurring business expense because I'd rather pay a single lump sum payment rather than get nickeled and dimed on a monthly basis. Now, in general, frugality and pickiness are not bad character traits to have as a small business owner, but sometimes these traits can hold you back. In this article, I'd like to discuss common small business mistakes that my wife and I made early on that stunted our growth back in 2007. The good news is that even though we screwed up majorly, we still cracked the six-figure profit mark within our first year. Mistake number one, we went with the cheapest vendors. There's something about getting a great price or bargain that is irresistibly attractive. Early on, we tried to maximize profit by going with the cheapest Chinese vendors we could find to purchase our products in bulk. Before you start shaking your head, the vendors we went with were a good 30% cheaper than the rest, and the initial samples we were sent appeared to be good. But while the products were cheap, the service was absolutely atrocious, and the products had a very high defect rate. As a result, we had to devote a lot of our extra time and manpower to sort through our shipments and separate out the sellable goods from the junk. To give you some perspective, our defect rates for our initial shipments were on the order of 25%, which meant that we were scrapping one out of every four products. And if you were to do the math, we easily squandered more time and money than we were saving. We also wasted a lot of time and mental energy complaining to these vendors but they didn't care about our business and made no attempts to make things right. Valuable time was spent sorting product when we could have been concentrating on business development. Don't fall into the same trap as we did. Low prices always come with a catch. If we were to do things all over again, here's what we would have done. One, ignore the vendors with the cheapest prices. If you're getting a price quote that seems abnormally low, it usually means that the vendor is cutting corners somehow there is no such thing as a ridiculously good deal. Two, consider hiring an inspection company to go through the goods at the factory. By the time your shipment reaches the US, it's already too late. It will be too expensive to ship your goods back to China and the vendors aren't obligated to do anything. And three, put together a quality control checklist specifying every last detail about the quality you expect to see in your products. Attach this to your PO when you place a bulk order. Mistake number two, We misjudged our true product costs. Early on we didn't really do much competitive analysis, nor did we do a good job of figuring out the true landed costs of our products. As a result, we made many mistakes with our pricing. Certain items were priced too low, and other items were priced "way over" market value. We also didn't do a good job of correctly calculating our overhead costs. As a result, we didn't charge enough for certain products, and we ended up close to break even or even taking a bit of a loss on several of our items. Here were the key mistakes that we made. First off, we didn't factor in the cost of import and customs duties in our cost of goods calculations. When you get a quote from a vendor from China, the price you are quoted is not the entire story. In addition to what you pay the vendor, you also have to account for the cost of shipping to your local port from Asia, the cost of customs duties, which vary depending on the type of item you're selling, the cost of hiring a customs broker, and the cost of delivering your goods from the port to your warehouse, which can often cost more than the shipping itself. All told, you should expect to pay up to 30% more to have your goods sent to your home country on top of what you are paying the vendor. In other words, if you source your product for $10, then expect your true landed cost to be $13 depending on volume. Also, Don't jump on the free shipping bandwagon unless you truly understand how much it costs to ship your goods to the end customer. You have two options. You can offer free shipping and roll in the cost of shipping into your prices. However, the disadvantage of increasing prices is that people will be less inclined to put your products in their carts. The other alternative is to charge for shipping and keep your prices low. Personally, I prefer this method because there's a higher likelihood of a customer going through checkout. And once a customer goes through checkout, you at least have their email address and can often salvage the sale. If the customer never ends up checking out, you get nothing. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Five Common Small Business Mistakes We Made Early On With Our Online Store by Steve Chu of mywifequitterjob.com. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. When his wife became pregnant and she planned to stay home with the baby, they knew that they were gonna need to find more income. So they started a little online store called Bumblebee Linens. Well, in just one year, they were able to replace his wife's salary of $100,000 a year, and they started My Wife Quit Her Job to document all of it, including income reports. And Steve was able to eventually leave his job too, so it's not just his wife who quit her job anymore. Steve also started the Seller's Summit, which has been virtual during the pandemic. You can learn more about that at sellerssummit.com. But that does it for today here on Optimal Startup Daily. Again, hope you're having a great weekend, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow where we're gonna finish up this post from Steve Chu and where your optimal life awaits.